My guest today is Nukeroqua Nwasokwa. Nukeroqua helps technical founders with great but complicated technologies explain and sell their products with a really interesting framework that she developed. Nukeroqua is a math major. She has 20 years of experience working in marketing and advertising, with the last four focused on clarity and explainability of abstract concepts. Nukeroqua, welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here. Uh, so maybe as a first question, can you maybe talk about your background and what got you interested in disruptive innovation? Um, I've always uh, been interested in innovation and original ideas. Um, I, it's kind of a long backstory, but um, I have been writing since I was very young, but I also have an analytical side. So I have both the creative and the analytical. And after college, um, as you mentioned in the intro, I got, um, I got involved in, in advertising, marketing, but I found that I was actually drawn towards, um, again, towards ideas that were really innovative. And when I kind of went out on my own and started doing freelance work, I, um, I started getting clients who were more on sort of the creative cutting edge side. Um, and so I had a client um, who actually had a, a very innovative process. Um, I refer to everything as a product, whether it's a process, a system, a physical mm -hmm. product, just anything that solves a problem for someone. Um, I, I, I refer to as a product, capital P, solution, capital S, or technology, okay. capital T, right? Um, and his product was actually very, very innovative, very cutting edge for his market. Um, but, but it was unlike anything that they had ever seen or heard of before. And so he's having trouble explaining it. And um, I found that that level of innovation was really fascinating to me. Um, and so that's kind of how I got into the work that, I'm, that I've been doing. Um, but I'm always drawn to ideas that um, break through the status quo are different because I think that's how we, um, that's how we move things forward. And that's how you get those insights um, that, that, that move people and society and, and things forward. So that's, okay, that's, okay. that's what I love. That's great. So, so in our previous discussion, uh, you had mentioned that you did a deep, deep dive into how successful innovations were brought to market. What are some of the key things that you learned? Um, so specifically, I, I was looking at how um, the creators of those innovations explained them or described them to their market. So really looking at how those ideas were shaped in the minds of the target customers. Um, and the main thing that I discovered is that when you innovate, when you create any kind of product or service, you don't just create the product once, you actually have to build it twice. Okay. You build it once as a thing that you create. So let's just say it's a technology, a physical technology. Um, so you actually engineer the thing, but then you actually also have to build it in your customer's mind so that they can see the value and see the impact of the thing you built. Because if you've built this incredible technology, but they misunderstand it, or they think it's something else, or they think it does something else, and whatever it is that they think it is or does has less value than the thing you've actually built, um, then you don't actually have an innovative product because what matters is the customer's understanding of your product. So you can imagine, you have the original thing, but the only thing that matters is kind of that hologram or that, that image or that idea or understanding in your customer's mind. And that's what you have to engineer. Um, so your work isn't done. <laughs> you, have to, you have to also re-engineer it again. And that's what a lot of people miss because um, they're, they're struggling to get people to see the incredible thing that they built. But there are some nuances to that that can actually um, sort of hurt that process or slow things down in terms of people having the right thing built in their minds. And so that's, that's sort of um, what I've come to observe. So with your question specifically, um, some innovations that were brought to market, they, I noticed that they all, um, they all had one thing in common, which is that they, there was a contradiction um, at the heart of how these products were described. Um, and that explaining the, the product as a contradiction, a logical contradiction, immediately um, kind of snaps the customer's mind into an understanding of what the product can do. So an example is um, the iPod, the first iPod that was created in, in 2001. 
so Steve Jobs didn't come out and market it as a five gigabit music player that stores songs at a 160 kilobit rate because yes that actually was what it does and that is groundbreaking but that's not the right understanding for the target customer the right understanding for the target customer which is just general music users um, or music lovers um, and it's not about dumbing it down because everybody is intelligent. Um, that, you know, that's my basic premise. Everybody is intelligent. Everybody has enough background to understand whatever it is you've created. Um, the right way of describing that product was 1000 songs in your pocket. Uh, and that's a contradiction that communicates to the customer something that actually sounds impossible to them. So it's a device um, that holds 1000 songs, which is, a, an astronomical amount of music for that time period, but it fits in your pocket, which actually sounds impossible for that time period because people at that time only understood Walkmans and CD players, none of which held a thousand songs. I think they held at most 15 or 20 and they didn't fit in your pocket. So this is a groundbreaking idea. It was literally unheard of. And so that contradiction communicates to the market um, exactly how it's making their life faster or easier, hold lots of songs, carry them around easily, um, but in a way that's never been done before. Um, and that never been done before aspect is what people really have to, have to get in order to really grasp the value of your product. So again, Steve Jobs engineered his product, right? The five gigabit music player that da 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 da, right? That's the technology, but then he has to re-engineer it again in the customer's mind and as this contradiction, a thousand songs in your pocket. And so that phrase isn't amazing because it's short or because it's, it's snappy. It's actually amazing because it's, uh, it's, a, it's, it's actually a contradiction and it's a unique contradiction for that specific market. So that contradiction has to be unique to your product and unique to the market. Um, meaning they've never heard it before and it doesn't actually sound um, possible uh, to them. And that's kind of what snaps them awake. Um, and there are other examples of this. Um, another successful innovation, just to throw another one out there, is um, the Dyson vacuum. So when he, he launched, he was doing those really cool commercials where he's just sitting there with this, this crazy looking vacuum <laughs> cleaner. Yeah. yeah. And he says, uh, the only vacuum that doesn't lose suction, right? Okay. Now, that's also kind of a contradiction. Well, every vacuum cleaner eventually loses suction because it has a bag and you know, the, the apparatus and the machinery eventually gets run down. And he says, no, never lose a suction. So he contradicts that. So immediately hear this, you're like, so it's basically almost a vacuum cleaner that runs forever, right? So immediately he's built this product, right? But he doesn't tell you it's got, well, he does eventually, but he doesn't lead with the dual cyclone technology and the da 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 da. He, when he really wants to shape it in the customer's mind, the takeaway is the only vacuum cleaner that doesn't lose suction. Immediately you get it. And then all the details about the engineering and the design, that's the how of how that's being done. Um, and so um, a, lot of there are, a lot of innovations kind of follow this pattern of that contradiction. Um, and then drawing people in, rebuilding it in their mind as, this, as, as a breakthrough. The contradiction is how people see the breakthrough. Um, and the, and the, two one, the two that I mentioned are, um, they did pretty well. They're products that did pretty well. <laughs> we know about both of them at least. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm also getting from what you're, you're mentioning is, is, is there's a really important aspect of understanding the points of reference of these people. Like, like at the, the, the time you were talking about how 15 songs was the standard. Now exactly. you're comparing to that or you're creating that, that gap. But at the same, yeah. same time, like in my pocket, maybe my disman didn't fit in my pocket. Exactly. Or, so it's, it's, is it, is it uh, an essential part to kind of really grasp what the reference points of your customers are? That's essential. That's actually the first step. Um, because if you ha have a contradiction that isn't relevant to your target market, then your product isn't relevant. Okay. Um, and um, I actually have a story. I, I, I spoke with someone who who had a technology that reduced a process from like, I think it was like seven minutes down to like three milliseconds, which is pretty incredible for that time frame. It turns out his customers didn't care. Okay. <laughs> so your, your contradiction has to be improving on something that they care about. 
Um, and so the first step is to understand, um, like you said, what their status quo is. Um, and typically, if you were to break it down, every technology solves a problem or, or, or presents an opportunity. So you wanna look at how your technology makes life for your customer faster or easier than what they're currently doing. It, and it better be a lot faster and a lot easier. Okay. Then you wanna look at, well, what's that basic benefit, that just generic benefit that's, that it's making faster or easier? And then you wanna look at um, how your technology uh, delivers that benefit uh, in that contradictory way. How does it contradict the status quo? How is it delivering that benefit um, without sort of the normal ingredients that, that come, come with, with, with delivering that benefit? So an example is the Ring Video Doorbell. Um, that's, an, that's another product everyone probably knows about. <laughs> and um, so before, it's kind of hard to imagine now, but remember when in life there were no video doorbells, surveillance was kind of just for like the super rich or the police or the CIA, whatever, like people didn't have that. Um, then someone comes along um, and um, invents this product that lets you um, get the benefit, the basic benefit, right, of answering the door uh, without being home. And that's a contradiction because, well, as far as most there, people know, yeah. you have to be home to physically answer the door. And he says, well, no, you don't, you don't have to be home anymore. Um, so basic benefit is answering the door. And the contradiction is without physically being home. Um, and that was the paradigm shift. Um, and it was relevant, as you can see, um, it's, it's, it's a quite a lucrative market. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and Ring was, was sold to uh, Amazon for... I think it was a billion dollars or something like that. If memory not bad as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but that was a contradiction at the at the heart of the product. Answer the door from anywhere. Answer the door without being home. It contradicted the status quo, and um, moved moved things forward. But do you, so do you have any uh, any f idea of like any questions that that maybe founders or innovators can ask themselves or their users to understand? what the, the right contradiction might be for their technology? Um, yeah, so, so it's really what I said before. So um, ask yourself, the, the most important question is how does my product, how does my technology make life um, or make things, we just keep it really casual. How does it make things faster or easier for the customer? Um, and then ask yourself, what is it making faster or easier for the customer to do or to get? Um, so if we look at Ring, I'll see if I can if I can do this on the fly. <laughs> so what does it make? What is it? Is it well? First question is: Is it making things faster or easier? So with Ring, is probably the answer actually for any product is probably both, but you just pick one. So with Ring, okay. let's just say it's it's um, easier. Okay you just get a sense of it, right? It's making things easier. And then you ask yourself, well, what is it making easier? Well, it's easier to, to, to check who's at the door, you know, answer the door, monitor the front door. And then you say, okay, um, so answering the front door. And then you look at, well, in the way that it's doing that, in the mechanism that it's doing that, um, how is it contradicting the normal way of answering the front door? Because there's a way that people already do it. How does your product do that in a way that contradicts that? And that's sort of the key of, of every breakthrough innovation. I think it's at the heart of every innovation, but let's just play with breakthrough innovations for the time being. And you wanna look at how it contradicts the way that people normally do that. And so, well, with Ring, you can answer the door without being home. And so that's the contradiction concept. And that concept is inherent in the notion of answering the door, right? So when most people at that time, okay, if I'm gonna answer the door, I'm probably sitting on the couch, I hear the doorbell ring. Or I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in some place in my house, I hear the doorbell ring, I run downstairs, I answer the door. But now Ring is saying, um, we're gonna contradict that. That's what the technology does. Now you can answer the door and you're not at home. Right, so we just contradicted that whole that whole concept, and that's what you have to kind of dig to find out. And it's actually that contradiction concept 
is actually an inherent part of the benefit. So you have to actually just look at the benefit and say, well, what does it mean to answer the door? Okay, well, I get up, I'm home, uh, I touch the doorknob, then just look at all the things and then ask yourself, well, which, which of these concepts or ideas is my product actually removing um, from the, the equation? Once you find that, you've got your contradiction, answer the door without being home. Um, and so there's always a um, kind of like a, like a core benefit and then a contradiction concept. Okay, so you okay. take it from inside the benefit and, and say, well, we don't do this piece of it anymore. And you'll know that you have the right idea if it kind of sounds weird, like how, <laughs> how can you do that? How, okay. how, like people, even when, when you say it to yourself or you imagine someone, your target customer hearing it, you should be able to imagine them saying, well, how is that even possible, right? And, and that's the point. It should sound like magic because technology um, is kind of like magic, right? And, <laughs> and um, I think Arthur C. Clarke said, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. And so the contradiction um, bridges that gap and actually directly tells people what the magic of your product is without you, you having to explain um, all the details of what it does and how it works and force, forcing them to piece together like why it's incredible. You can, you can just directly tell them and you do that with a contradiction. Um, and it blows their mind too, <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'll, are there any guidelines in terms of how you express it? Like, like the ones you mentioned were fairly short. Like, mm -hmm. can I have a longer one or could, could I have, uh, what kind of words should I be using? Are there things that, that are uh, guidelines in terms of how I express my, 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 uh, my contra contradiction? Yeah, so um, it actually, the contradiction itself is actually a very, very uh, simple statement and it's a short statement. Again, not because people are dumb and not because you're trying to be catchy, um, but because that's the fastest way. Okay. Um, and that's actually, that's the, the most powerful way for people to understand uh, the concept. Um, the other thing is they have no adjectives or adverbs or any kind of descriptive language or anything that remotely sounds like you're trying to convince someone. Um, so you would never say like, I'm just trying to think of an example. You would never say, a more efficient way of doing that da, 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 da. because efficient is a judgment it's an adjective and the reason we don't use adjectives is because adjectives are really you drawing a conclusion for your customer and feeding it to them about how they should think about your product okay, so if you say yeah. it's a more efficient way to do this right then it it's hits the customer yeah. yeah it hits the customer's mind as oh, oh they want me to perceive it that way okay. but then it's kind of like maybe even subconsciously, it's like, well, I'll be the judge of that, right? And then people kind of want to maybe push back or it's like, people don't really trust the judgments or the descriptions that you give them about your own product because of course, you're going to tell them that it's amazing, right? So what's better is to keep it completely objective um, and uh, make it a statement that when people hear it, all they need to know is that if, if what you've just said is true, then this product is amazing. And they themselves would judge it to be efficient, fast, um, you know, better than what, you know, all the other um, options that are out there. Um, and you don't have to convince them at all. That, that as soon as it feels like they're being convinced, if you throw in an adjective or you make it sound, even if the way the words are put together, if it sounds like a marketing statement, hmm. um, then immediately people's, you know, their guard goes up. It sounds like a tagline. It sounds like a slogan. It sounds like you're trying to, and, and we're inundated with that. But if you hear something like uh, the texting app that works without internet, there are no adjectives in that statement. Um, but for most people who are not familiar with Bluetooth mesh, mesh network technology, right? <laughs> that statement is mind blowing. Wait, yeah, how, can, yeah. how, can I, how can I message, how can I send text messages if, if I don't have internet, if I'm not connected to Wi-Fi? How, how, how does that work, right? Pure contradiction, right? Send a message using your phone without internet. Um, hmm. They don't need to tell you that it's faster. 
than searching for Wi-Fi. They don't need to tell you that it's easier, right? Those are both adjectives. They're both kind of like judgments. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and they, they become judgments if you use them in this statement. They can be objectively true, but the moment you tell someone that they're true, you're, you're um, trying to convince them to want your product. So what you do is you just give them the facts. It's almost like they're a jury in a trial. You just give them the I facts. I believe that or I don't. Yeah. yeah. And let them be the judge of whether it's amazing, worthwhile, incredible. Yeah. Um, so a thousand songs in your pocket. Um, and technically numbers are adjectives, but not in the sense that we're talking about. So a thousand songs in your pocket. He didn't say the most incredible MP3 player. He didn't say cutting edge. He didn't say groundbreaking. He didn't say any of the things people want to say about their product. And the industry is riddled with with adjectives and overblown language and slogans. And for some people it works and and for some it doesn't, but for a breakthrough technology, it can actually cover up the innovation. Because all people hear is the fact that you're trying to sell it. They don't actually see the power of the technology that you've created. And when you get to the essence of it and you just put that in front of people, it kind of ju- just burns through all those layers of, 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 of skepticism and dismissiveness. And it, it's just like, whoa, what? <laughs> like, yeah, how, do, yeah. how do you make apps work without internet? How does, how does this happen? But it's interesting um, because so. it's, it's kind of like showing restraint helps make it more believable. Whereas a lot of entrepreneurs or marketers will think that adding these adjectives or, or anything that helps clarify or make it even more impressive or making more uh, feel like it's magical mm-hmm. will make it more believable to people when it's really, from what I'm understanding from what you're saying is by just removing all the, the, the luster or like all the, the, the fireworks or anything like that, just making mm-hmm. it core and make the idea clear helps, uh, helps make it more believable. Yes. Um, and, and it's good. It's good that you mentioned believable. So the, the next piece of this is um, when you find the contradiction, um, you, you also have to make sure that it's a certain kind of claim. Um, so we've removed the adjective so that people don't feel like you're trying to sell them something. Okay. Because if you use an adjective, immediately people hear that you're trying to sell them because adjectives sell. Um, take out the adjective so it doesn't sound like you're trying to sell them anything. So they don't even know that you're giving a pitch, right? So we take out all the adjectives. Now you look at your statement, you look at your contradiction and you want to make sure that it's, it's a statement that is what I call obviously believable. So it's a statement. So if we look at, you know, um, answer the door without being home. That statement is what I call obviously believable because a statement actually tells you how you could prove it false if I'm lying, right? You know exactly how to prove it false. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna get, I'm just gonna grab this as an example. You're gonna get the ring doorbell and you're gonna say, okay, does it let me into the door and can I do it without being home? Are you gonna grab an iPod and say, does it hold a thousand songs? Does it fit in my pocket? The statement tells you how to prove it false okay. if it's not true. Okay. Now, the cool thing is when you hear a statement like this, you, you immediately know how to prove it false. And you know that it's that transparent that it's telling, it's telling you what to check. It tells you what to check. Um, so those things are obvious and those things are easy to check. So they have to be things that, you can, be, that can be checked immediately. Um, that's why we don't want it to be a statement like um, save 30% off your, you know, um, off your budget in one year. Because yeah, it's obvious what to check, but those things aren't easy to check. I mean, even 30%, there's a little math you gotta do to figure out, well, is it 30% less than what it was? And then you gotta wait an entire year to see if that actually happened. Um, that's not easy to check right? There's already a lot involved there. There's time and then there's um, the way you comparisons. Yeah. Yeah. So it has to be something that is obvious and it has to be immediate. So a thousand songs in your pocket, if we're talking about a, a, a product, it's immediate because you know, well, theoretically, hypothetically, I could just get it and see how, how, many, how many songs does it hold? Does it fit in my pocket? Now, in the moment, 
you don't actually have to go run and get an iPod, an iPod. Just knowing that you could confirm it and prove it false um, lets you know that the statement has to be true because Steve Jobs wouldn't make such a crazy statement <laughs> that tells you how to prove it false unless it were actually true. Therefore, okay. it has to be true. So it sounds true um, because it's such a clean statement, right? But if he said it's a, it's a cutting edge technology that da 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 da, well, there's, there's no way to prove cutting edge because that, that, you know, that means different things to different people. But a thousand songs in your pocket, well, either it holds a thousand songs or it doesn't, yes or no. So that's a binary value for that piece of it. And either it, it fits in your pocket or it doesn't. Again, binary value. So each piece of the contradiction has to be a true or false, um, has to have a value of either true or false. Um, and that's where the, the objectivity comes in, has to be an objective statement. So the way, the way it then hits your customer's mind is it, it just sounds like an objective statement of fact, but then, and so they immediately believe it. It's inherently trustworthy. Because again, they know they could prove it false. Yeah. Therefore, why would you be lying? And then um, it's also saying something incredible, something amazing. Um, and so it, it sounds impossible and it sounds true at the same time. And that combination is what makes it uh, mind blowing. Very few people do this. Very few products have statements like this. Um, but when you do, you do, um, you tend to get that uh, effect uh, that people will, will say, well, how does it do that? Yeah, right? And that's yeah. exactly where you want them to be because that means they believe you. And, but now they have to know how it works. And that, now you get to explain the five gigabit hard drive and da 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 da, and they will listen to every word. So, so, so you have this this great framework called invisibility, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm gonna gonna pull refer refer to your uh, contra the contradiction with your service, uh, which is helping tech founders win deals without pitching, mm -hmm. which does seem uh, 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 unbelievable to some. Well, not unbelievable, but it seems like a con contradiction. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned believability, it needs to have a contradiction. What are the other elements of, the, the, of, of your framework? Yeah, so, um, so yeah, the wind deals without pitching is kind of, a, kind of an umbrella to capture what we're really doing. So most people, when they think of selling something innovative and new, they want to pitch it because it's so incredible. They want people <laughs> to know, like, this is amazing. And then they want to tell you why it's amazing. But everyone feels like that about their product all the time. And so people, you know, investors, customers, buyers, whatever, they're hearing this all day, every day. And so almost everything sounds like a pitch. And that's why we don't use adjectives. Because um, the moment you use even one adjective, um, it's a more efficient software for da 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 da, da boom, you're selling. Yeah, it's yeah. done. Um, so um, what we want to do is we want to win deals. We want to win people over. Um, we want to convince them without pitching them. And so I actually call this whole principle invisibility. And what it means is that you're, you're talking about your product in a subtle way that causes your customer to immediately convince themselves that they need it and that nothing else can do what it does. So a deal, and I use that term loosely, um, happens sooner and quite easily. So it's um, meaning they're interested, they wanna hear more, I gotta hear how this whole thing works, right? And so this actually happened with my, my first client who, um, where we found this contradiction. People started having that reaction immediately to what he does. And he sells an IT service, right? Like it's not the most, it's not the sexiest, um, it's not intuitively the most sexiest, the most sexiest, the sexiest, <laughs> most amazing thing, right? But it's brilliant. What he does is brilliant. And for his target customers who are um, CIOs of large, large organizations, he, he can help them do this incredible thing. So, the, so getting back to invisibility is, um, so to sell your product, yes, you are pitching it, but you're also not pitching it. And so what invisibility does it is it enables you to pitch your technology to a potential customer anytime for as long as it takes to convince them because they never know you're giving a pitch. And what that means is you never actually need to get their permission. You never need to like 
steal them for a moment to, to throw all your adjectives at them. Yeah, Stop I need doing to do that. a demo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, invi it's invisible in its style because it doesn't remotely smell like a pitch. Let's look at our examples. Answer the door from anywhere. So it's like, oh, um, Etienne, uh, what, is, what does your product do? I hear you have this thing called Ring, what does it do? <laughs> um, you say, oh, it, uh, it lets you answer the door from anywhere. That's not a pitch, right? Yeah. But yeah. it is, right? Because to that customer, or answer the door without being home, to, to your customer, that doesn't sound like a pitch. It just sounds like a description of what it does. Problem is, it's the most in incredible, amazing thing they've ever heard because it's a contradiction, right? So it doesn't smell like a pitch because you didn't use any adjectives. So it's invisible in its style. It's also invisible in its length right? Into the door from anywhere, you can say that in about 3.5 seconds, right? So the, another, the, the other hallmark of a pitch is that it's very, it's kind of long. You feel like you got to sit and, and yeah, really receive yeah. it. Yeah. When you use the contradiction and you've distilled what your technology does down to that three to five second statement, you can just give it to someone, state it to someone. They won't, they won't even know that they've been sold. Right, because if you're talking to the right customer, and you have, um, you know that your product makes life faster or easier for them in a way that's truly meaningful, and you've identified that contradiction concept within the benefit, and you've pulled it out, um, and you say to a homeowner who cares about home security, yeah, this lets you answer the door from anywhere. You've got their <laughs> attention, and it was so short they didn't even know what hit them. Right, it's not even an elevator pitch. Um, and yeah. yeah, so what do we have? So number one, it's invisible in its style. It doesn't smell like a pitch because you don't have any adjectives. It's invisible in its length. It's so short, people don't even realize they've been pitched. And it's also invisible in its content. And we've covered that as well. It's saying something so incredible that it doesn't sound like a pitch. Because most pitches sound like you've got something kind of cool yeah. And now I'm trying to, and now I'm trying to convince you. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. trying to convince you that this thing I just told you really is as cool as, as, as I believe it to be. And that's a pitch. It's like, you're trying to bridge that gap. Like I've got this good thing and I want you to also believe that it's good. And so now I'm going to explain to you why you should think that the thing I just told you about is really good. If, if yeah. you don't already think it's good. Yeah. Right. It's kind of weird. Right. But with this invisible pitch, you tell them and they immediately are like, Whoa, that's amazing. Right. Wait, how, well, how do you do that? How, how do you, how does an app, uh, how, or how does, um, how can I text without internet? Yeah. How, how do I answer the door if I'm not home? Uh, they can't figure it out. Right. Because they're, they live in their world, their status quo, and they weren't there when you built the product. Like your product is literally on the edge of what's possible. So that when you tell them, when you land on earth and you tell them, I've got this amazing thing, they're like, whoa, how did you do that? And you're like, for you, it's nothing, right? Because you built it and you've yeah, innovated it. But it, it, will, yeah. it will blow their mind. And it should. Hmm. When people hear what your incredible technology does, it should blow their mind. It should make them say, how the hell did you do that? But right? Is, Without is, any it, is it kind of like how you test it in that case? Like, is, is it you're trying to get that reaction and you would say so you're, you're just coming up with that new... Uh, the, the, the new, new statement and you would uh, try to see what kind of reaction you're getting from people. So when you're working with a client, for example, mm -hmm. how do you know that it works? How do you know that it attracts or creates exactly. the right reaction? Yeah, perfect. Um, you, you actually test it. So um, when I work with clients, we, we go through that whole process of identifying the benefit. You know, is it faster or easier? Cool. What benefit is it making faster or easier? Find the contradiction concept. Boom, we got the contradiction. And I say, okay, now you have to go test it. And testing it is really easy and very fun. All you do is, however you currently bump into customers, interact with, with customers, interact with buyers. Um, and my process is specifically for people who are selling B2B. Um, typically their product is $50,000 um, per, you know, or more per month or per client. It's, it's that level because okay. so the stakes are really high. It's a really um, high ticket offering. So, so very, it's like enterprise level. Yeah. yeah. Um, the way that it's tested is you take the contradiction and it's an iterative process. So let's say we have a contradiction we think will work. You, you go and use that in your 
networking conversations, your chats, your meetings with people. And you use it at what I call the explanation point. So the very first moment where you're going to explain the product for the first time to a potential customer, that's where you use it. Um, and you don't tell them you're going to use it. You don't say, hey, I'm testing some messaging. Let me know what you think of this. You do not do that. <laughs> um, you just use it in, in explaining your product. So mm. let's say you meet someone at a networking event. So the client I mentioned who works in IT, um, he did a lot of networking. So this is ideal, like if we're, if we're meeting in person or over Zoom and you know, people say, oh, so what do you do? And he would say, oh, um, I have a process that lets, um, basically lets you spend less on software without buying less software. And then he shuts up. And if that is an amazing contradiction to this target customer, we have to assume you're talking to the right person. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's an absolute must. You must have a way to find the right people, um, get in front of them and get into conversation with them so you can actually use your statement. If you're talking to the right person, their immediate reaction will be, how? Immediately. Because again, you've told them something where it's obvious to them how to check it. They know how to check it, how to verify it. Those things are easy to verify. And it sounds completely amazing. In fact, it sounds impossible because that's what a contradiction is. It literally sounds impossible to them. Hmm. They, they, it doesn't compute. They can't figure out how you do that. So now they, their curiosity is so high their interest is so high because it's also something they want. It's a problem they have or it's something they want. They're going to ask you how because it's to them, it will sound like a magic trick. And I like to say that it's the verbal, <laughs> yeah. it's the verbal equivalent of a magic trick. Well, how do you do this? How, how do I spend less on software if I'm not buying less of it, right? That doesn't, doesn't really make sense. Um, and that's exactly what my client does. People started asking him, how do you do this? How do you do this? And he was actually able to go from getting, uh, he was averaging like one, one interested buyer over four months. And it, yeah. it was a struggle because he was constantly hustling and networking and trying to explain what he does and explain the pr process, how it works, why it saves them hundreds of thousands of dollars, why they should really invest in, in this thing that he does. So big pitch. Yeah. Yeah. And people, they would kind of like fall asleep with their eyes open because he's explaining the details of this thing and they don't even know why they should be listening or what the value is. But when he found the contradiction, he found what's the thing that they value, the benefit. How was he delivering that benefit in a way that contradicts everything they know? Um, and it has to be a literal contradiction. It can't just be like a pain point, like, you know, spend less on software without the hassle of blah, 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 right? Um, without getting too technical, because this is a very um, sophisticated framework, but words like hassle. Hassle is not an adjective, but it is a judgment and it's subjective. So when you say without the hassle of da 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 da, well, hassle means different things to different people. And it also sounds yeah, like yeah. I'm trying to convince you of something. I'm trying to tell you that this is a hassle is for painful. you. Yeah, yeah. And I solved it. Therefore, you should like this thing that I built. <laughs> That's not very attractive, right? Yeah. So we don't use words like hassle or difficulty or we're not trying to tell them what their problem is. If they have the problem, your contradiction will wake them up in the moment and they'll say, whoa, how do you do that? That's what happened to this client. Started telling people, I, yeah, I help you spend less on software without buying less software. Hmm. And um, he had some funny stories of the reactions he started getting. He was, he, he was at a breakfast networking event and one woman talked to him for so long. She was so amazed that their coffee and their food got cold. Um, <laughs> other people started inviting him to speak, um, inviting him to share. Um, he started getting referrals up the food chain to decision makers at his target okay. organizations. Like really incredible things started happening. And he ended up getting, um, I think he, he went, so he went from just getting one interested buyer. I don't know if that person ended up buying, but that was his average, one interested buyer in, in like four months to getting six of them in six weeks. Okay. And his, his service, his product, his service is um, 75K for six month engagement. So, so the value of his sales pipeline went from 75K over four months to 450K. And these were people who were really interested, like lined up, ready to go. Um, 450K um, over six, six weeks, which is about one and a half months, right? 
And so it kind of exploded things for him. Um, and, um, but that's because he went invisible. He made the pitch invisible because nobody cares about your pitch. They want to hear, hear your pitch. Yeah, they want to yeah. hear like how your thing is life-changing for them. And you can't tell them it's life-changing. You can only tell them <laughs> what it does in a way that will have them see for themselves that it's life-changing. And that's what he did. Um, and so his pipeline just kind of blew up. And that was, at, that, that was just before um, the you know, COVID hit. So okay. he, he did better in the year with COVID than the or where COVID one. started, yeah, then. Um, yeah. But in this case, like, like, so he was testing by going through networking, meeting people. So once it started connecting, like, what do you recommend entrepreneurs do once they're, they, they've come up with the right contradiction that attracts the right people, hopefully? And, and, and like, how, how should you start using it? Like, should you start using it, like, in sales pitch? You, should you start reaching out to customers? Everywhere. Use it okay. everywhere. Yeah, 1,000 songs in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, one thousand songs in your pocket. That is your product. You build it in your lab, in in your garage, wherever, and then you build it again in your customer's mind. Okay. Right. So iPod is one thousand songs in your pocket. Right. That's what it is, and so you use that everywhere because that is your product in the customer's mind. So in this case, um, you would use it as um the the headline if you if you have no other copy use it as you use it as a one line of copy on your website um and there are other pieces to it um you always want to follow it up with, with what i call a with or by statement okay. so you're saying this impossible thing and you're getting people to believe it and it makes them ask how and they're asking how because psychologically the statement is telling them how to prove it or disprove it so now they're trying to they're trying to figure out how to do that. But the only way they know is to ask you, well, how does it hold a thousand songs and also fit in my pocket? How does it let me answer the door and also not be at home? Your with or by statement will answer each piece of the contradiction, right? So in the case of the ring doorbell, answer the door without being home. Well, it's um, a Wi-Fi enabled, um, you, know, you know, mobile device that, um, you know, gives you, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, but yeah. <laughs> it would, <laughs> that lets you, that gives you access to, you know, to uh, a video of your front door, no matter where you are in the world, right? So I've answered both pieces. So it's letting you, um, and it lets you speak. It's got audio as well, right? So it lets you answer the door. We just told them how it lets you do that, but it's Wi-Fi enabled and it's on your phone. So now you know why you don't have to be home. And so that's an example of a with or by statement. Um, it has to just answer each piece of the contradiction to satisfy your customer's burning curiosity. Yeah, yeah. And, and it also completes the loop because now they know how it works and they can see, wow, this is the real deal. It really does do the thing you said that it does. Um, so you always have the, the statement. Um, and I think you mentioned this, but I call it a viral proposition, um, not a value proposition. The value proposition is flat, right? It's just like, oh, my amazing product, my it makes things more efficient, more efficient software, better way, blah, blah, blah. Nobody's, nobody is listening to that, um, really. When you have a viral proposition that, that follows a framework that we've discussed, um, it's a contradiction. Um, it's, it's short. We didn't talk too much about that, but it's going to be um, eight words long, eight words or less. The reason is that you want it to be no more than five seconds to say, because okay. that's, that's the optimal for comprehension. Um, and it's, you know, it's a contradiction. So it's saying something that sounds amazing, but also impossible. Once you have that, um, you are, um, you use that everywhere. You make that the main line in your, your website, for example, and then you have your with or by statement to explain it. And now people understand, you know, exactly what your product does and how it works. If we're just doing it in running conversation, like you say, oh, um, you say to me, Kiki, my friends call me Kiki. So you say, Kiki, how, <laughs> what does your thing do? And say, oh, I'll let you answer the door from anywhere. And you're like, or without being home. You're saying, without being home? Well, how does it do that? Oh, and I say, oh, well, it does da-da-da-da-da, right? And I give you the with or by statement. Now it clicks. And you're like, oh, that's, that's interesting. And if you have that problem, you've just been sold. Now you want to know maybe some more details. So how, how do I hook it up? Uh, how long does it take, right? This is all the kind of stuff that would be in your body copy, right? Yeah, in the bullet yeah. points, if, you're, if it's on a website yeah, yeah. or in a conversation, then you're like, oh yeah, well, it's very easy to set up. Um, you can do it in like 15 minutes. I don't know, I'm making this up. 
Uh, <laughs> and you can, um, you know, and, and this is how it works. And then they just keep asking you questions. They're like, well, can I buy it? You know, like if they have the problem or if they have the interest, right? And the sale just kind of happens naturally because it was invisible, hmm. right? You didn't say, oh, I got this great product. It lets you do home security without like having to actually be, um, to, 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 to be present. It lets you do 24 seven surveillance. And like, then they're trying to figure out like, is this hype? Like, why are you trying to sell it so hard? Why are you throwing all these adjectives and concepts at me? I don't know if I believe you, right? But if you just tell them what it does and it's very, it's very clear uh, and it's very amazing and they get to judge that for themselves, then, then they say, whoa, that's incredible. It really does that? That's amazing. Hmm. Um, and another thing that I love is that I saw somewhere, it's if you are, oh man, I'm, I'm gonna see if I can remember <laughs> this, but it was um, if, if you're, no, it was something like when you say it, you're, um, when you say it, it's selling, when they say it, you're closing. And the it is how amazing or incredible your product is, right? So let's okay. say you're, you're saying this is the most efficient, dynamic, cutting edge way to da, 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 da. If you are saying that, you're selling. If they are saying that after what you've just said, you're closing. So you say something they're like, whoa, this is the most efficient dynamic way of that. I mean, this is a breakthrough. This is a miracle. If they're the ones saying it, then you've, you've, you've then you know it. it's getting viral. Yeah. Then you know <laughs> that, um, that they, uh, that, that you've sort of, you've converted them. And that's because you didn't try to push that on them. And so, um, but yeah, so, and yes, that, that's what makes this a statement that, that is, that is, is viral, um, has that aspect. So it's, short enough to understand, right? Eight words, which is about three to five seconds. Um, incredible enough to want, that's important. That's why it has to sound impossible um, and specifically be that contradiction. So now it's, it's, it's amazing, but it, it's also like, how do you, how is that possible? Um, and then it has to be precise enough to believe. And that's why it has to have obvious believability. It has to, um, be obvious. Each element has to be obvious what to prove. It has to tell you what are, what am I proving? Okay. Into the door. I'm not at home. Um, and those things have to be easy to check and you get that from that precision. Hmm. So, um, so short incredible, and precise, um, if is sort of another quick shorthand for thinking about it. Um, oh, it's, it's great. But, yeah. I think super, yeah, super, super valuable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's super valuable. I, maybe as the last question, kind of flipping it around, like, do you think there's a way for entrepreneurs to start uh, thinking about creating an IP based on this model, like where you would, uh, you, you could guide your innovation early on where you're thinking through, okay, so what would be the, the contradiction that we're enabling? And how can we use that uh, to kind of guide what the value we're bringing to market? Absolutely. So, um, you want to think in terms of building a contradiction. So you might have a sense of um, the, the problem that you wanna solve or sort of the opportunity you wanna make available to your target customers. Um, so again, we go back to, are you, is it gonna make things faster or easier for the customer? And you kind of get a sense, right? And then you say, okay, what is it making faster or easier? What is the space I wanna play in? Um, you get a sense of what that is. So. Um, so like with my client, they'll spend less on software. I want a, okay. a way to help people spend less software on software. Yeah. yeah. Then what you do is you look inside the concept, right? So we have this concept of spending less on software or spending less. You say, well, what does that mean right now? If, if, a, if my customer in, in their own mind, their own logic, if, if they were going to spend less on something, what would they do? Well, they'd buy less of it. Um, they'd maybe, um, yeah, I guess they'd, <laughs> they'd buy less of it. So when I could think of, <laughs> well, <laughs> or maybe yeah. they get like, yeah. yeah, they, or they get coupons or something or whatever. So you, but you want to find that core concept that's actually almost equivalent to the benefit, right? So yeah, it would be, they would buy less of it. And then, and then that's the thing you contradict. Is there a way where they can spend less on it without buying less of it? Right. And then you're, then you set about to see, well, how would I do that? Um, how, how can I create a technology or a solution where 
they're they're decreasing the amount they're spending on something, but they're not buying less of it. They're they're buying the same amount of it. Um, that's an innovation, right? And that's what my client did. And so, um, and to kind of get to the heart of what that means, because I realize I haven't explained exactly what he does. I never gave the with or buy statements. So I'm sure <laughs> some people are like, well, how the hell does he do that, right? Magic. So yeah, it's magic. <laughs> and it sounds like magic to people. Um, so he works in IT asset management. And so we discovered that he helps people spend less on software without buying less software because he knows um, something that they don't know, right? There's a secret he knows about software and hardware and spending that most companies aren't even aware of. And it's the fact that a lot of these companies, um, when they buy software licenses and they buy it for their employees, often they're left with duplicate licenses. If someone leaves, they're still mm -hmm. paying for that license or someone may have a license, like a personal license for use at their own computer and a public license if they use like, like a more general like computer terminal. So that, so the, so the company's paying for that license twice. Um, so that's, I didn't explain it well, but like there's duplication in, in, in the license, they're paying for it twice. Um, or, or like if someone leaves and they're still paying and they didn't track, oh, that person left, we should close out their account. They're still paying for that, right? So there are all these licenses, unused duplicate licenses that they're still paying for that they don't realize they're paying for. So they're actually leaking money um, every month, like hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on the size of the organization. My client uh, does is he, he knows this. This is a rampant problem in the industry that most people don't realize is happening. He has an innovative way to identify all the areas where they're leaking money in terms of these forgotten licenses that they don't even know they're still paying for, plugging up those holes and immediately rescuing that money back into their budget. So in essence, they are now spending less <laughs> on software yeah. without buying less software because they're still using the same amount of software. They're just not paying these extra costs from the leakages, right? The budget leakages, right? But now think of everything I just explained about how this thing worked. If I walked up to you and said, yeah, most companies have these duplicate licenses and they're, you know, they're paying all this money and they don't realize they're doing it and he helps them recover that money back to the budget. That doesn't sound very groundbreaking, right? That doesn't sound amazing. Hmm. But when I tell you that the value is that he's helping them spend less on software without buying less software, right? That contradiction, you get it. Yeah. And then yeah. you want to know how, and then I explain it, yeah. right? but I don't lead with the explanation, which is what most people do. And that's what a pitch is. A pitch is when you lead with the with or by statement. It's when you lead with the explanation of how it works rather than with the statement of the breakthrough um, that it's bringing for the customer. So, um, sorry, I, I went off on a tangent there. No, no, but it's interesting. Like, but that, yeah. But that's, um, but that's no, just, how it just works. triggers all sorts of other questions, but <laughs> yeah. uh, it's super interesting. Uh, so thanks for taking the time. Uh, yeah. Where can people go to learn more about your work? I am on LinkedIn. Um, and my name is very easy to spell. I will spell it. <laughs> oh, it's going to be in the, uh, the, the, the transcript anywhere, but yes. Okay. Well, then you can just find me on LinkedIn um, at the, um, at, you know, at my name. And Perfect. That's the best way to find me. Thanks for taking the time. It's really appreciated. Yeah, absolutely.